Uh, I like us to pray. There's a scripture I like very much. If you can go, if you can go to Zechariah 10, verse 1. Zechariah 10, 1. Uh, in the King James Version or Amplified, I think they are just about the same. Zechariah 10, 1. <clears throat> I'll read it in the NLT, actually. It says in the NLT, Ask the Lord for rain in the spring, for he makes the storm clouds, and he will send showers of rain, so every field becomes a lush pasture. I really like that scripture, because it kind of gives us um, a direction of how to get uh, a life that, is, that has fullness. So I've, I've titled, I struggle to title messages because I think a lot of titles can fit, but I, I, I call this praying for the latter rain, uh, but I, a hyphen really, all, uh, what I'm aiming at is the life of fullness. So maybe we can, you can call it pursuit of the life of fullness or however you want to call it. Uh, and, and so that scripture talks about how God is expecting us to be calling for the life of fullness. Uh, Romans 8.6 says that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So then it means that the life of fullness is the life of the spirit. If you're not living the life of the spirit, it doesn't matter how much you call for the reins of, of, of the spirit because the life, of the, uh, the, 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 the life of the spirit is where you find life. It's God's version of life. The life of fullness is God's version of life and its outcome, its peace. You know, God, I, I, I had many years ago, I think, yeah, it was uh, Joyce Meyer, many, many years ago, and she said that uh, if you're not compatible with God, then it's you who needs to change because God never changes. His standards are not uh, debatable. That means that when, when, when this scripture is telling us for to be carnally minded is dead, but to be spiritually minded is life. It means that we are pursuing the life of the spirit and therefore we are pursuing godliness. We must be in faith to continually receive revelations that will come forth to renew our minds in order to pursue the life of fullness. The life of fullness is not a destination that we reach and then we, uh, we say, voila. It's a continual life. So that means our, when the scripture there, uh, uh, Zechariah uh, 10.1 is talking to us and, and saying that, pray for the latter rains. To me, it looks like prayer is a continuous work because tomorrow, to us, tomorrow is latter. But when we get to tomorrow, the other day will be later. So it talks, it's talking about intentionally 
uh, charting your path by a life of prayer and a life of uh, uh, godliness. In order, in order to pursue the life of fullness, we must pay attention on how and where our life is going. Nobody arrives at their destination accidentally. A good life is not a mystery. I would like to emphasize that. A good life is not a mystery. Anybody who expects that I'll have a good life, but I'm not paying attention to the components that create a good life, then I'll be lying to myself. It's what we call living a life of illusion. Thinking, <laughs> I will do this, but when the week ends, I will have reached or attained that. It's an illusion life. I mean, if you talk, you talk to people like uh, the gurus of investments, like some people that are sitting right here in front, they will tell you, you do not, you do not get wealthy by wishful thinking, do you? There is a lot of sacrifice, honestly. There's a, and I know sometimes we say, oh, they stole, they stole. But I can tell you even that stealing, I'm not uh, saying stealing is good. But even that stealing, that takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of planning. By the time you want to cover up the, tr the trail of all that you are doing, you think those people sleep? They don't sleep. <laughs> they are busy in the wrong uh, planning their life in the wrong way, but they are very involved. Crooks are highly involved in what they do. They don't, don't just wake up one morning and think, mm. if you see these uh, uh, little time muggers, they are, they are not going anywhere. They can't, you can't get rich mugging, you know, because if they take your funny bag, sometimes all they'll find there is some funny tissues. So, <laughs> so, so they, they are branded sinners for nothing. You understand why? Because they want intentional. Again, I'm not saying that's a good thing to do, but it, it's an example I'm giving to emphasize on, on this that a good life is not a mystery. It is not the outcome of luck because people are in, uh, mostly think that they are lucky and we are unlucky. They are lucky. We, there is nothing, in, in fact, I, I haven't read it, but I think if you read the, descri the description of the word luck, basically it's saying there is, it's, it's, it's impersonal and it's non, it doesn't have a purpose. How can a Christian expect that you're living by luck? There is, it's impersonal and it has no purpose. Our God is a person and his designs are purposeful. So we cannot be people of love. So the, the life of fullness is a focused life. It's one that takes focus and it takes determination. You must take focus and determination if you have to arrive at, at the life of, of fullness. I'm sure you, like me, those of whom we consider as spiritual giants, are not super gifted people. They are not super gifted. Spiritual giants are not super gifted people. There are gifts, special gifts, that accompany. 
But there are many people who never discover their gifts because they never did what super spiritual giants did. What do super spiritual giants people do? They simply pay keen attention to the word and then the word informs their thinking and their thinking informs their decision and their decision informs their actions. And because they follow that trait over and over, over and over, continually, over and over, continually, this, their lives start shifting. And before you recognize, you're like, I see, we were with them. <laughs> how, how come they ran that far? Isn't it? Because they engage and they employ. You can ask Meltry, go, uh, going to Kilimanjaro. Like Pastor says, you didn't wake up on Friday and say, oh, there's a team going to Kilimanjaro. I'm joining it. <laughs> You're not. That, it's the same principle in the spiritual uh, uh, aspect. There has, those people have become, they made up their mind. And that's why the scripture tells us in, in, uh, in Romans 12, it says that, that we renew our minds. It's a mindset. A life for fullness is a mindset. If you, I'm telling you, whether, however you look at your life, what you're aiming at and what you inform your mind about is where is the destination you will arrive. Because God is not partial, okay? Let's go to James 5, uh, verse 7. We just look at what the scripture encourages us here. And we, we can do it from the, I'll do it from the King James Version. James 5 says, New King James, sorry, not the old King James. James 5, verse 7 says, actually the title in the New King James Version is Be Patient and Persevering. You're looking for a life of fullness. It takes, it, there's a lot of components that go with it. It says, therefore, be patient, that's one, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. And this is the example the Bible says. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and rattled rain. The farmer does not plant, and then he comes and digs tomorrow and says, I'm looking for the bags of maize from the seedling that I planted. Then verse 8 says, so you also be patient. And this is the word I was looking for, establish your hearts. Establish your hearts. So this one is talking about the coming of the Lord. But I, I can borrow this and say, establish your heart on the fact that I am pursuing a life of fullness. Establish, let inform your heart as a mindset. Okay, so you have to plant if you want the life of fullness. What do we plant? The word of God. We have to water it. There are many components of watering it. If it calls for giving, give. If it calls for prayer, pray. If it calls for times of worship, dedicate times of worship. So that you are employing every implement to, uh, to support the journey of where you're going. And then you protect your, your, uh, uh, your seed from the pest. 
The farmer does that. He does not just plant and then wait for the beanstalk for three months. I'll go there after three months. He will go there after three months. He will find the caterpillars came, the butterflies came, all the creepy things came, and they did what they needed to do. So it is our responsibility to protect the, the, the seed or, 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 or the word that we have gotten about the destiny that we are heading to so that then we can arrive at a harvest. And therefore, we must engage. If you want a life of fullness, you must engage. It does, it's not found in a casual mode, in a chilling out mode. Chilling out mode is a defeated mode, honestly. Really. Chilling out mode is a defeated mode. It calls for engaging. And that's why Zechariah, uh, 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 I'm, I'm just going back a little to Zechariah 10.1. When it talks to us and says, ask of the Lord rain in due season. So it's up to, it's, you're the one to determine when is your due season. If you want to wait until the end of the, the year to start calling in your harvest, it's up to you, isn't it? Yeah, it's up to you. So it's you to call. So blessings are not automatic. They are not automatic. Blessings are not. I know many Christians hang on by grace. <laughs> by, by grace. And they are waiting there by grace. And they will not do what they are supposed to do. And they will not exert the way they are supposed to exert their lives to attain the blessing. They are not automatic. That's why I'm saying we have to engage in faith. It's a must. If you want to apprehend the blessings, then faith must be engaged in. And that faith is like a pedal. When you're driving the car, you're not shifting from 5 kph to 120 kph just hanging your foot there. Sometimes you're like, you understand? Those of you who have uh, driven, if you're a fast driver like I, I'm a fast driver. <laughs> I stopped because <laughs> I, I, I keep telling the Lord, please help me <laughs> because I'm fast-paced. I mean, really, and I find it thrilling driving, really. And my sons were telling me, you're growing old. I said, you. Let nobody tell me I'm growing old not to drive. I'm driving until the day I leave. <laughs> so I just enjoy driving, really. <laughs> so you press the pedal, you engage. And it takes a desiring heart to engage. It's not every heart that engages. <laughs> some, some people might say they're engaging, but really they are not engaging. There has to be a desire that is created in your heart for what you're aiming at. Are you look, if you're looking for the life of fullness, then you have to be fed up of, of the norm. And therefore, there is a desire. It takes a desiring heart to engage. And desire is to purpose to secure. To engage is to purpose to, to secure. I, uh, again, I haven't looked at the dictionary uh, description of that word engage, but I think about a, a young man engaging a young girl. When they do that engagement, they haven't gotten her fully, but you know what? He has purpose to secure her. It's like I have lifted up the flag 
Nobody should tunya this one. This is mine. Keep to me. This is mine. You understand? So that's why that engagement, and then they give each uh, others some rings, and you see girls, they're like taken, you know, and they are not taken. But these, they've been secured. You understand? It's the same thing in the spiritual uh, 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 connotation. We, our faith secures what is ours. So even when it is not manifested, you've already told the kingdom of darkness, don't you dare. I already know what is mine, okay? So blessings are not automatic. There has to be for, uh, uh, an interest for desire to develop. A desire requires interest. Some people want blessings, but they are not interested in the process that brings blessings. How are you going to receive what you're not interested in? Really? It is not possible. So it requires that I have an, an interest. The interest, you see, the more you are interested, the more you desire. Let me give an example. Some people who I know do good marketing on their status, I'm not looking at anybody, they, they, they post, you know, nice. I like kitchenware. I could buy, if I had, the bigger the kitchen, the bigger the, the more the, the kitchen were. So some people post there. And when I go to status, I'm not a, 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 a social media person, but I look for a couple of people because this one I know she posts this. This one I know she posts this. So anybody who posts kitchenware, I will check. Anybody who posts shoes, I will check. The rest of you, I don't care what you're posting. I'm not checking your status. You understand? So that, whatever I see in that status, even though I wasn't going to buy, I, it really I had not planned to, it creates an interest. And I can go to that status a couple of times. But because what is it happening? It's, it's creating a desire. The more I see it, the more it's creating a, a desire. By the end of the day, I have written somebody a message. And I'm making, uh, right there, I'm engaging in, in, my son calls it impulse buying. Because I hadn't planned it. But because my eyes saw, I became interested. That interest created a desire. That desire made me to make a move. It's the same principle in the spiritual things. When our pastor keeps telling us, you, there's no way you can spend a day or two without eating the word of God. Why? Because the word of God creates the desire for the things of the spirit. And then you start realizing that, that it is what I'm reading here is actually truthful and I can see the trail of it and the more you read it the more you 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 ponder on a scripture that the Holy Spirit highlights to you, your spirit the more you ponder on it the more it's it it evolves and the more you start seeing the reality of it and and before you know it has become a rema in you why because desire interest created the desire and then you, you, you engage in it, okay? So, uh, 
Isaiah 66, 8b. You don't have to go there. Uh, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning it, by the way, you can read when you get home. The part B of it says, as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. As soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. So the children were in the waiting, but there was a process that needed to happen. A travail. Spiritual travail brings forth the divine purposes of God that are in the spiritual realm. You remember Ephesians 1.3. It says that God has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the spiritual realm. That's why we don't, we don't uh, uh, pray like ignorant people and say God come down and do God, please send the money, God please talk to innocent and ask him to give me 10,000 shillings, you understand we don't make those prayers those are ignorant prayers because we already know that God has already given to us all that pertain to life and godliness, then we travel in the spirit so that we can birth forth that, the things that we are desiring. So how do we travel? We travel through the word, we travel by prayer, we travel by just listening to the Holy Spirit so that you can get the direction of how to access that which you're aiming at, okay? So you travel. Travel means, it's, um, I mean, there are several definitions of it, but in this context, I'll say it's a mental exertion to conform your mind to the word, okay? So you purposely, Push your mind. And when I say push, it's not a physical activity. You understand? I'm just trying to say that you purposely condition your mind that you will be interested in the word. You will be interested. You create an interest in your mind. That, that's why beginning your day with the word will help you, will your, your mind, to start twitching. Okay? Because the greatest obstacle to spiritual growth is the mindset. It's not something complicated. It's the mindset. The greatest obstacle to our spiritual growth is nothing than, than the mindset. That's why the Bible will, will, uh, will tell us in 2 Corinthians 10. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. 10, 4 to 6. This is, this is what the scripture says. We are looking at dealing with this obstacle that, that distracts us from achieving uh, uh, the life of fullness. Uh, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What are these strongholds? Casting down arguments, 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So I say it that the greatest destruction of our spiritual life it is our mindset because it's where the deposits of argument and reasoning and how can this be, that's where the enemy dwells on. Because he has no other access to your life. If he cannot access you through your mind, remember he cannot touch your spirit. That place is a no-go zone. You go read Ephesians 2, it says it's been sealed with a stamp. You know, a seal, a seal, for those of you, you're too young, all of you, but the old, us who are mature, we used to send letters. And when you send confidential letters, you know, nowadays it's just internet, no, 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 fax, I don't know. Then you used to send letters, critical letters. You will seal the letter, and then you will take a candle, and you will burn the candle on the, the, the flap where the letter is open. You will, you will melt the candle, and then you will take a stamp of the company, and you will stamp it. It's a seal. If that letter went to the recipient opened, it's been contaminated. So all contract documents were sealed. That's what the scripture is talking about. When you got born again, your spirit was sealed. It's packed. The enemy cannot enter there. That's why he looks for the quickest entry and the softest platform for him to enter is your mind. And that's why Paul was telling us our warfare is nowhere else other than in the mind. Okay? So nobody can progress beyond what their mind believes. Nobody. If your mind believes... You can't, that's it, you can't. But if your mind, if you tell your mind, I can, you will. It doesn't matter the, the beginning point. What matters is what you believe and you will move forward. In order to move to a certain direction, your mind has to conform to where you're going. I'll give an example. I met this young man uh, recently and uh, the Lord is helping him. He, he's coming from somewhere, uh, but the Lord, the Lord is helping him. So, uh, and, and uh, we were discussing something I think I had spoken to him a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't even remembering, and then he said, but you told me if, if I do this, I'll be able to move forward uh, at an accelerated rate. I say, yes, if you do that. He said, but I don't know, how can I do this? I say, it's not complicated. It's you going to the Lord and you say, and, and you be honest to the Lord and you say, I, I recognize the mistakes I've done with my life that have brought me to this place that is not good. And therefore, I want to submit, and I actually gave him the scripture, uh, Romans 12, and I, I say, I want, say to the Lord, but mean it from your heart, I want to submit my life to you, and I want to surrender and to make you Lord, so that you can help me to chart the path that you have for me. 
And you know what he told me. But I don't believe that. And he's a believer. He comes to this church. <laughs> he said, but I don't, be I don't believe it's the Lord who can. I can. Because I can do that. I said, you're starting on the wrong note. Your mind, still your mind, is an intelligent uh, person. Very intelligent. Uh, that's, you know, the enemy takes advantage of the giftings of God. The mind, that intelligent mind, cannot think how can I submit to and just surrender and say, you help me. You see, the belief, the belief system is that I'm able. But that belief system of I'm able has already kept him years under. And what will happen next is that he will not only stay here at this level, he will start dropping. And before you know, he will have gone too far. Why? Because he is not accepting that his mind is believing wrong. So he's wanting to progress with the same mindset. That's where I was heading. You cannot, there is no way you can move forward to a certain direction if your mind does not want to conform to the direction you want to go. That's why you, we have to let go of the mind, and that's what the scripture is saying, 2 Corinthians, it says that we are casting down imagination. Where are we? All right, let me go back to my, yeah. So it says that, that we are casting down arguments. You see, this individual was reasoning on how can I, can I just let well, I know the direction I want to take. So that's an argument. And the scripture says, it's a high thing that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. Because the scripture in, in uh, uh, Proverbs 3 tells that, that uh, do not lean on your own understanding. So anybody who will lean on their own understanding, they are leaning on the mind. Uh, uh, the faculties of their mind, the reasoning, the knowledge, the intelligence, and all that is acquired in the schools of learning. There's a scripture I use a lot, especially when I catch when I am talking to graduates, because you know they are not here. But there are some who are like, Am I have a degree? And, I have, and I'm like, Have you have you read? Have you read? Uh, uh, Psalms, I think it's Psalms 1. In the TPT, it says that it's especially in some universities, not all, I don't go to all, but in the ones I've been, it says that the wisdom of God is you, it's not found in the institutions of higher learning. It's not by design, by the enemy. Why? Because he wants you to depend on the knowledge the understanding, the doctorate, the PhD, and all that. That's, what, that's why it's not found there. So if somebody has gone through that process and built an understanding in them that this is it, it's very di it, it, and it will be difficult for him now to excel because he has allowed this thing to become higher than the wisdom of God. 
And that's why this, uh, Paul was telling us here, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you bring it down. It says bringing every thought into captivity. Okay, so let me go back to my notes. So I said nobody can progress beyond what their mind believes because your mindset will, is, is, will take you to the direction you want to go. So I, I said all that to say that we must travel to bring forth the life of the spirit deliberately. Because if you don't do that, you, believe, you can't say you believe it, but if you're not employing what it takes to move forward, you can stay there with your belief. But that belief is only actuated by what you do. That's why in the book of uh, 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 James, the, the, the scripture says that, that your belief should be evident by your actions. And the scripture says, even demons believe there is a God. Certain, certain believes, and he actually shakes. But he doesn't follow God. He believes, but he doesn't. So your belief has to en be engaged so that it progresses you to where you need to go to achieve the life of, uh, the, the life of fullness, which is the life of the spirit. So this scripture in Matthew 5.45, I just want to borrow a leaf there, really. It says that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. What does that say? I'm, I'm tying it to our beginning scripture that, uh, in Zechariah 10.1 where we say we pray the Lord for the latter rains. So th this one is saying even those who don't pray, they still get the natural rain. <laughs> and, uh, and the sun sets for them. Okay. To me, uh, how I interpret that is to say that God gives opportunity to all people. All people. Everybody gets an opportunity. That's how. It's the grace of God. God gives opportunity to all people to respond to his outpouring. Now, the dis difference comes to how do people respond to it. Let's say, for example, the farmer, the example we were using. If God is pouring rain uh, to all people, uh, will every farmer, uh, if, if one farmer uh, went to sow their seed and another one didn't, will, they, will, will every farmer reap? No. Who will reap? The one who engaged. The race came, but there is one who engaged. That is where it's critical that we, especially from this congregation, that are well taught of the Lord, that we are not become, we never become dull to the word. Because what does the what what is the purpose of the word that we hear here? It's an outpouring of the revelation to help us to know where is my portion, so that you can go forth and receive your portion. So the. God reigns, God, God reigns to us. He, he, he actually reigns himself to us in, in, in many forms, for example, and, and in virtues of many kinds. For example, God will show up to us as the healer. Is God our healer? Yes. Are we all healed? No. 
God pours out his virtue when he says he, 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 he reigns, he, he pours out his reigns to everybody. It's because he wants everybody to receive it. But according to the level of our revelation and how much we are instilling discipline in apprehending what he is outpouring to us, that's to the level we will be able to receive, okay? So he will pour himself to us as a provider. But you recognize the levels of our provision are different. It's not because God is unfair. It's because there's a missing link between what I'm doing with what I know. Again, going back to my mindset. If my mindset is that I'm a Christian, so everything will be nice. You're a Christian, you reach to heaven. And when you get to heaven, you look, God will open up your storehouse and say, unused, <laughs> unused storage. <laughs> I believe well, you find your unused storage. I'll find my unused storage. I know there is, a, there is a storage that I'm still believing God to apprehend. And I keep saying, please <laughs> review to me the secrets of your heart so that I can know. So in that context then, we need to pray this prayer to believe God. Go with me to Psalms 119. In the Passion Translation, Psalms 119. I came about this scripture not too long ago, and I found it just a good scripture to pray with because I want to apprehend the fullness of God. Oh, you're still in Matthew. Okay, you're using your gadgets. Let's go to Psalms 119, verse... Oh, I need to open mine then. Psalms. Oh, we are there. Ah, we are not in verse 1. We are, I said we are going to verse 30. Psalms 100. Let me just read it from my version too. It's easier for me from here. Psalms 119. In the Passion Translation. From verse 30, this is what the scripture says. <clears throat> I've chosen to obey your truth. What are we aiming at? The life of fullness. How are we apprehending the life of fullness? By the walk we are walking. And how we are allowing our mindset to, to transform. So one of the things we do that is we make a choice. You understand? It's a choice. God says in Deuteronomy, I lay before you life and death. It's up to you to choose the life you want. He, it is available. It's, and, and David here says, I've chosen to obey your truth and walk in the splendid light of all that you teach me. Lord, don't allow me to make a mess of my life. Who is making a mess of whose life? Is it God messing your life, Carol? Yours is not messed, I know. Uh, but, no, but God is not messing anybody's life. Neither is the, does the devil has the, the, the liberty. He doesn't. He doesn't have. We are in a warfare, that I know. I'm not saying that we woke up every day on a bed of roses or, or having our breakfast on silver uh, uh, platters. No. But all I'm saying is that, I mean, I like this. It says, Lord, don't allow me to make a mess of my life. 
Because who makes a mess of, my, of their life? Me. How? By what I do with what I ought to do. What I do with the word. How I deal with the word. How I connect with the word. How I engage in the word. How I exert myself to live the life of the spirit. Okay. And then it says, For I cling to your commands and follow them as closely as I can. I don't follow them from far. Okay. If you don't want to make a mess of your life, get close to the commands of God. The closer you are, the, 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 the more lush your life is. It's a beautiful life because what? You, you are, you're living the life of, of peace. It has the fullness of God. So you may be missing some things, but you know you'll be missing some things that you, you think about and you're like, actually, they are not really necessary. I, I, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine called me. Yes, I have a friend from UK, a couple of friends from UK, and I don't know how, but they call me their pastor because when I was there, I was running a, a, a house group. I had about 11 of English ladies, and we were very connected. So for some reason, they just decided. So from time to time, they called to ask this, to ask this. Sometimes I ignore because they can be a bother. So yesterday is a busy day for me, Tuesday. And then she called early in the morning. I didn't pick her. Then, can I please call you? Can I, there's something I need to ask before I make a decision. And as I actually was busy, but I saw maybe it's something really urgent. Then I called. You won't believe what she was asking me. She was, <laughs> she, she was asking. She's a very super wealthy woman. And now she's talking about a neighbor who has built a fence. And now do you think I should confront? I said, for real. You interrupted me from a, interrupted me from a meeting to ask me about a fence. And you all know me. Sometimes I'm gracious. Sometimes I'm not. I said, really? Do you know Jesus is coming back? Jesus is coming back and your focus is a fence. <laughs> I wasn't very gracious. <laughs> but I, was, I just got, but I mean, really, that's what I'm saying. If you walk close, close to the commands of God, there are things you're like, this is not even important. Because when I say that, but Ruth, you, do you know how much money we paid for this house? I said, girl, Jesus is coming and your house is going to melt. That's it. It's all melt. How can we stop life because of a house? I'm not being insensitive, but I'm just saying that when you walk close to the word of God, there are so many weights and burdens that you will drop unknowingly. I'm telling you, you will. Because you're like, you already have a house, and now you're worried about a fence. I wanted to tell her, I'm looking for a house. <laughs> you understand? So really, the closer you walk to the word, you can't mess with your life because you're like, oh, this one, ah, it's okay. It's okay, and you recognize what you need when you need it. God will make a way for it to be available. It won't be a toil, a, 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 a toil of a life. So that's what he was saying. For I cling to your commands and follow them as closely as I can. I will run after you with delight in my heart. Following the Lord is not tedious. It's not a chore. It's not burdensome. You know, uh, uh, we... We, we are not of the group that says that, that this thing is difficult. Which thing? This thing is joyful. 
is the most beautiful thing. Serving the Lord is the most beautiful thing. Coming to the house of the Lord and serving early in the morning. What a privilege. It's the greatest privilege to be a part of serving in the kingdom of God. Isn't it, Mrs. Kabaji? Running away from the university to come and be a nasha on a Wednesday afternoon. What an honor. It's the king of kings we are talking about, people. This thing ought to be excited, exciting, exciting. That people see you and they're like, why are you ever happy? I'm like, why should I not be happy? I've got the real deal. This is not a trial. Christianity is not a trial. It's what is the life we are called to. It's the, all we are doing here is rehearsal of where we are going. Can you imagine? I was telling the team on a Sunday morning as we are praying, I'm like, whoo. Jesus is coming, and I told them, guys, can you imagine heaven? Zero crime rate. Zero. In heaven, zero crime rate. Nobody will bother you with what you're carrying. There will not be bothered. Bother people snatching your things. I mean, isn't that nice? Why would you exchange that to this? Worrying about this and all we have waiting for us there is the best life forever. And, the, and, and we get a taste of this here on earth. Do you know how we get a taste? We decide. I choose to be joyful about Christianity. I choose to enjoy it. I choose to enjoy Christianity. I choose to represent the kingdom of God. I don't care in whose presence I stand. I will, I will, I will stand for Christianity. So the, another friend, those many other friends, was asking, you know now, I, have, I don't know my purpose. And we are talking about an old lady. I don't know my purpose. I said, sweetheart, you still, you've been singing that song 20 years back? You don't know your purpose. Yeah, you see, like now we went out with my neighbors, and they are not Christians. And so I've been asking the Lord to give me the right time to tell them about Christ Jesus. I said, but you said you were with them last night for, for supper. Yes, but you know, I said, that was the right time. Then she said, but Ruth, how do I start it? I said, this is how you started. Wherever you go, where wherever you go, if it's time for your introduction, just say, my name is, I, I said her name, and I'm born again. I love Jesus Christ. She said, you will say that to everybody? I say, because yes, because everybody needs Jesus. It's, it's the best life to live this and to let the world know this Jesus that we've been called, who's redeemed us, who saved us, who's taken all our troubles and made them his, this Jesus is worth the shame I would get. If I stand before the president of this, thank God he is not ashamed either, isn't it? I'm not routing for him. He's already in office, all right? <laughs> I'm just saying that there has to be a difference between us and them. I say so with confidence. There has to be a difference. So we are pursuing this life. So he says, I will run after you with delight in my heart, for you make me obedient to your instructions. This is the thing. When God sees how desiring you are and how interested you are, do you envision like he's like, oh, oh push, oh, oh, oh shut the door. 
That's not how he acts. He's like, wow, she's interested in me. Open up the doors wide. What revelation does she need? How can I support her? Do you think he will give the Holy Spirit to live with you so that you can warm him? The Holy Spirit is already warm. He doesn't need human warmth. He's here to catch you. You, because he can see, I'm interested. It's like a mother. When a mother has a little kid, three in three years, three, <laughs> the, those walking, those walking uh, epi escapades, you know, when the, guy, the, the little one is just wanting to walk, you, do, you, you, you do not say, oh, no, 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 don't walk. You, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you almost can't tell. But you are there. Doing what? Wanting to support. He's our aid. He's our support. He's the one who guides us into the truth. So he wants to help us become and live this life of fullness that he has for us. Listen to verse 33 is where I was heading. Give me revelation about the meaning of your ways so I can enjoy the reward of following them fully. Who would not want rewards? They are rewards. They are rewards of the life of the spirit. And they are not just to rewards. They are great rewards. The only problem is that we measure rewards by what we think. The rewards of the life of the spirit are not measured in human terms. They are beyond, there is no measurement that can measure the rewards of the life of the spirit. Obedience to the life of the spirit, it carries too much that cannot be quantified or explained in human terminology. There are not words in the dictionary to explain the life of the spirit. So you cannot change your life by thinking, I have gone this far, I have bought one house and two houses and a car and three cars, which are good to have, and then think, I arrived. So, oh, church, oh, it's Sunday. Oh, going to church, oh, okay. We can make it next Sunday. Uh, really? <laughs> Are you pursuing? Do you recognize what it is? I'm telling you. He is praying, give me revelation about the meaning of your ways. It's a deep request, this. Deep request. It's not on the surface level. It goes beyond what a human being can explain. There, I'm telling you, this cannot be read in any encyclopedia. If any of you bothers, I don't. But if any of you bothers to learn encyclopedia, you can't read it there. It says, give me an understanding heart so that I can passionately know and obey your truth. Guide me into the paths that please you. Not the parts that please me, the parts that please him, okay? And not to the wealth of this world. Does that mean getting wealthy is wrong? No, but there is a wealth that can hook you. So all he is saying, let me not be hooked by the things of this world and the riches of this world. And I forget what is priority. Priority is the outpouring of the reward of the things of the spirit. And who is that? It's himself. It's not the things. It's himself. Because once you get him, when the scripture says in your presence there is fullness of joy, it's because in his presence is you almost reach a point where you think you want this, and then somehow he makes it happen. 
So it's not at all. When Jesus was saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is not heavy. He was not saying that now we move to Hawaii and uh, we are just on the beach. No, he was saying that as you pursue me, you will like that. You will find that there are, there are rewards that come effortlessly. Effortless rewards that come from a communion and a relationship with God that makes your life just beautiful. Let me read the last one, which is verse 37 says, help me turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Drench my soul with life as I walk in your paths. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good prayer to pray tonight? All those scriptures, we're praying to receive revelation. We're seeking the, uh, uh, the life of fullness. The life of fullness is only found when we are engulfed by his presence. Because his presence melts all the tolls and the, and the, the, the reasonings and the anxiety and the wonderment. And, the, and you're like, it's good. Life is good. Life is good in him. We need to achieve that place, really. Because once you reach that place of knowing that he is all that you need, there is a song that uh, they, they say, your own I need. Of course, I'm not a singer. I can't even try to sing it. If you wanted Beatrice, she can sing, but I can't sing. But, but uh, you know, I like listening to songs because I want to hear the words of the singer. Not necessarily the tune, because I don't even know what a key is. I just know that sound, that sound, she sang better than the other one, but you ask me what key, I'm like, what's a key? It's just the words. <laughs> My interest is the words, because they speak to us. When this singer was saying, you're all I need, Jesus, you're all I need, because I believe they had gotten a revelation that once you have him, <laughs> you have everything. Once we get him, we have everything. So tonight, do you want to pray for just a revelation of his ways and a revelation of the truth and a revelation of how to walk closely with his commands and a revelation of a life that is just composed of him and about him, and for him, and through him, and, and, and just enjoy his presence tonight. We can do that. Yes, I'll ask you to stand, we pray. We pray, as we are praying for the scripture we started uh, with there, the, the Zechariah scripture that talks about the latter rains. Praying for the latter rains. Uh, of course, it talks about a lot of it, or his outpouring, but I also want us, as we are praying in the spirit, believe God for utterances to pray for the nation, for rains, okay, for the physical rain, all right? In Matthew 5, we saw that he says that he gives rains, the latter and the former rain to us, and the nation needs rain, rain, the nation needs rain. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure you've watched or whatever, but I watched a documentary. I think it was either BBC or DW uh, 
majoring on the, the famine in the Horn of Africa and how it has ravaged the nation, our nation. Actually, they focused a lot on Kenya and how it has ravaged the nation and children are dying. And, and I, you look at it and you're like, it's, we, are, we, are, we, could, we should be praying <laughs> for the nation. So as we are praying, please pray for the nation, uh, the rains, uh, pray for the nation for the rains, pray for the nation for the rains because hunger and famine is the, is, is the effects of a curse. And we know this nation is blessed. So we want to call the nation blessed. Remember that scripture that taught to us as, as soon as Zion traveled, they gave birth the children. Uh, uh, they gave birth the children. So we can buy things by the spirit. We have seen it happen over and over. We are well taught not to see things in the natural. We, when we see things in the natural, our spirits are stirred up to take the spiritual act, action so that we can align with the plan of God. So as we are praying, as you're praying for yourself, re really using those script. This, okay, even that's okay. Uh, just really pray, pray for the nation, and then I'll have one or two people come and make declarations, and just we just believe together about flowing with God, getting closer to God, seeking the truth of the Word of God, living the life of fullness out of the mind of the Spirit. Okay, as opposed to a carnal mind. We thank you. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you because your word is true and your word is active. The scripture says your word is living and active. It's like a double-edged sword. It pierces the bones and the marrows. And therefore, tonight, our God, we are presenting ourselves. We present our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. And we declare we are not conformed to the pattern of this world, but we are allowing the the word of God to renew our minds that we may think like you. We declare that we are not those who walk in the mind of the natural that leads to death, but we pursue the life of the spirit, the fullness of all that you have for us. So as we pray tonight, O oh God, we make utterances by faith. We depend on the Holy Spirit to help us, to pray as the Spirit would have us pray tonight. We don't pray only for ourselves, but we pray for this congregation as we pray in tongues, oh God. We, in, we go deeper, we go higher, we go wider, we go, we reach out, oh God, to the youngest and the oldest, oh God. We reach out to those who are young spiritually and to those who are stable spiritually. We reach out by faith, oh God, to what you have laid in, po in motion for us to apprehend by faith as we pray in tongues. Holy Spirit, take our tongues and mix the word of God with our utterances of faith tonight and do great work in our midst tonight to the glory and honor of your name. Let's just pray in, in tongues tonight, believing God. Oh, we bless you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name, oh God. Innocent, come and pray for the nation.
sente robosha kararante zarabose kererente arabosha kararante sererente robosha kararante father we thank you for this nation father we thank you for the prophetic word that has that has come out year after year concerning this country in the name of jesus the kenya is a springboard to nations in africa the kenya will be known for greater things and mighty things lord so father we decree and declare lord that this revelation and this prophecy lord we hold on to it in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you for the transition lord and for the new government oh father lord we thank you because lord you said lord that you, the heart of the king is in you in the name of jesus lord and you direct it like a stream of lord oh god we thank you that you are directing the heart of our king in the mighty name of jesus in the name of jesus we thank you that the minds lord that are surrounding the president in the mighty name of jesus father we speak of soberness of fighting in the mighty name of jesus that the holy spirit prevail lord in the kingdom of oh god in the king's mind in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you father lord for the holy spirit that indwells the king and those that surrounds him in the mighty name of jesus that father lord we thank you even for the boldness lord to pursue the things of the kingdom in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you father we thank you for our nation in the mighty name of jesus and lord we thank you lord that even concerning the season of the droughts father lord we thank you we pull down father lord if, if those sacrifices lord that have been put in in altars that does not represent the kingdom of god father lord we pull them down in the mighty name of jesus and father lord we decree and declare mighty rains in the in the land of this nation in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you we call forth of the latter rains. Father, Lord, even as we, we call upon that you reign in our lives, Father, we pray for the physical reign in this nation in the might, mighty name of Jesus. Father, we speak of, the, of counties in the northern part of this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we put our spirit, our spirit walk in those parts of this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray, we pray Lord, that Lord, you send forth the rain in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for the rains that are coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we thank you that you're eradicating the curses in the mighty name of Jesus. You, you've, 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 you, you're moving, you're removing curses in these nations in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for bumper harvest. Father, Lord, that this nation and the nations and the people that live in it, Father, Lord, will know no hunger in the mighty name of Jesus. That, Lord, you're going to fill our 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 nation with with food in the mighty name of Jesus father we thank you we thank you for our nation lord we thank you for peace that is prevailing in this nation father we thank you lord for blessing that are coming upon this nation in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you even for businesses oh lord we thank you father lord that you are moving their bands from one side to the next for one level of glory to the other in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you for businesses lord that are springing forth in this nation in the mighty name of jesus lord even businesses that are going to be formed 
formed in this new dispensation. Lord, we thank you that there are going to be businesses that are going to represent the kingdom of God. And Father Lord, we receive, Father Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, the wealth that are coming into the, in, into the kingdom of God in the mighty name of Jesus. You've said that like, you're coming for a greater kingdom, Father Lord. And we thank you for lords that are being lifted in this nation, oh Lord. Lords and kings, oh Lord. Lords that are going to be lords of our businesses in the mighty name of Jesus. That, Father Lord, you are, you're bringing them up in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, trusting and believing. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, again, Lord, we, we come before you on behalf of this congregation of Victory Faith Church. How grateful we are for giving us godly leaders, our pastors that have taught us and trained us over the years on the word of God. They have labored to deposit the wisdom of God in our lives. And here we have come this far, Lord, by the grace of God and the mercies of God and the help of the Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, we are reminded of your, of your word. In, in Hebrews 12, that says that we be careful to lay hold of the promise says that you have of the teachings that you've given to us that we do not deviate from the path of the word so tonight oh lord and we are praying for this congregation we call victory faith church a church that is interested in the word of god a church that is interested in the life of prayer a church that is interested in the life of morality a, a church that is interested interested in the service of the king. We declare this congregation does not deviate out of the path of righteousness in the name of Jesus. And therefore we call this congregation a holy congregation. It's a holy congregation. It pursues after righteousness. It thus after the ways of God. It looks and it searches for the purposes and the plans of God. God. It craves and it hungers for the revelations of the era. The congregation of victory faith is not ignorant in the name of Jesus because it eats the word of God. We call it a devouring church. It devours the word. It devours the time of worship and, 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 and praises, oh God. We call this an intentional church. Every member of this this congregation is not a careless member. We declare growth. The roots of our spirits go deep. Our hearts are built up by the word of God. And therefore we are stable. We are like the cedars of Lebanon. And we declare in this congregation that we are oaks of righteousness. A display of your splendor, oh God. Because we are pursuant of the word of God. Tonight in the name of Jesus, we are declaring strength upon this congregation. Spiritual strength over their understanding. Spiritual strength over their comprehension. Spiritual strength oh God, over time spent in the word of God. That they are not bored by the word of God. We call this the people who are focused on the kingdom of God. According to Colossians 3, that they are 
not distracted by the things that are of the natural realm, but their focus is on the kingdom of God. Because of your kingdom, there shall be no end. You say that your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and we anchor this congregation into the unending uh, kingdom. It has no beginning, and it has no end. Therefore, we declare there is none that sits here to hear the word of God that will fall on the wayside in the name of Jesus. So we sow the seed of the word into their lives by faith. We declare they receive understanding and they have revelation. And therefore, because they hear the word of God, they are walking in dominion in the name of Jesus. This is a dominating congregation. It doesn't dominate people. It dominates the kingdom of darkness. Wherever it goes, it takes authority and it possesses the land. So we declare this congregation is living the life of the Spirit. In the life of the Spirit, your word tells us there are great rewards, O oh God. So we call this congregation aware of the congregation. Their businesses are flourishing. Their works are in their offices, O oh God. They are favored by God, therefore their bosses have no way but to favor them in the name of Jesus. In this congregation, we call our students excellent. They are excellent in their classes. They are performing at the highest level in the name of Jesus. They do not struggle with comprehension. So they can learn and they can um, uh, excel in their exams in the name of Jesus. We declare in this congregation they are world changers. They are our children and our children's children. The word of God to us in some 145 says the one generation shall load your works to the next generation. That is what we are doing tonight. We are loading your works to the generation after us. The youth of this congregation are not careless. They are not lured by the things of the natural life. They are anchored to the word of God. So I call them workers in the kingdom of God. By faith tonight, we awaken our youth and we call them intentional in the kingdom of God. We declare, O oh Lord our God, this congregation stays close to your commandments. And because it says close to your commandment, it is not cheated by the enemy. It is not contaminated by the enemy. Therefore, we declare in this congregation, there are no lifestyle diseases because they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling them, do not take that. Do not eat that. Do not drink that. Do not live this lifestyle. In this congregation, oh God, we have a people that are not only spiritual, but they are physically fit by the word of God because you took our sicknesses and our infirmities. This congregation cannot connect with that which is not of the kingdom of God. So we declare this congregation has divine healing. It works in divine healing. It works in high level of wisdom. This congregation is ruling in the marketplace by the name of Jesus. This congregation 
nation is already set and ready to receive the wealth transfer that the word of God speaks about. So we can confess tonight, this congregation is super rich. Whatever idea you give to them, oh God, it blossoms, it manifests, it expands, and it increases in levels and bounds. So we declare this congregation is of the best level of tithers. This congregation does not belong to the company of the minimal tithers. They tithe about the 10% because they understand that generosity begets generosity. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we declare that the vision of this ministry continues unhindered. Our pastors, I, we, I know, they are believing for major finances, for completion of HLA, for the completion of this sanctuary, and for the many other projects, oh God, that this ministry is involved in. Tonight, our prayer, oh Lord our God, is that there are rewards that are coming to this ministry because this congregation, oh God, is staying so close to you and receiving the will of God. And so we thank you, our Father, tonight. We pray strength. We pray vitality upon them. We pray strength and vitality upon Pastor Carla and Pastor Davis in the name of Jesus. We call them the Daniels of this age in the name of Jesus. That when they sit to make decisions, they are led of the Spirit. And because they are led of the Spirit, their decisions are productive and they are effective. Effective. In this ministry, there is no wastage. Those that are working in this ministry, they understand that they are stewards of the kingdom of God. And those that are connected in one way or the other with this ministry, oh God, they are good stewards of the master's uh, 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 finances. So we declare in the name of Jesus, expansion, increase, and uh, uh, heightened levels of prosperity amongst our men members and amongst uh, the uh, and in the ministry of living faith international tonight we thank you our father for just allowing us time in your presence oh god and and let me read this scripture that uh, as i was praying i felt is is good it says in john 1 16 it says of his fullness we have all received have you received of his fullness that should be your confession. You wake up in the morning and you know, with uh, many things that surround you and you say, hold on, of his fullness, we have all received. Me, my children, and my grandchildren that I haven't seen yet. I don't care, they're coming, calling, calling them forth. Of, of his fullness, this congregation has received. Then Hebrews 13, uh, uh, five says, for he himself said, it's God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God says. And how do we respond? Verse 6 says, so we say boldly. So we may boldly say, the Lord is our helper. We shall not fear. What can man do to me?